BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hey kids, do you like professional wrestling? We like professional wrestling, don't we, Chris? Don't we? Love it. Yeah. WrestleMania is here, baby. The road to WrestleMania, the road to sign pointing has begun. This is Shake Them Ropes. I am Jeff Hawkins. He is Chris Novembrino. He's the DJ. I'm the rapper. Uh, (laughs) A little bit of a behind the scenes stuff. I've, I've gotten some tweets, Chris, asking with with the Bengals win, which I will tell you about being there live for in a moment, uh, that this is a Voices of Wrestling Super Bowl coming up because one Joe Lanza is a big fan of the Rams franchise and uh, myself, as you can see, as I am decked out in Bengals colors and in a fan of the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. And I'm here to tell you people, uh, I am not going to trash talk at all about this game. I am more scared than anything else. I, I don't want to get blown out in a Super Bowl. I don't, uh, you know, I, I don't want to be embarrassed. I, you know, any cocky Bengals fan you find is one that's come on the last three years because people who have been historical fans of this franchise know that the bottom can drop out at any time and it's back to decades of futility. So, no. Maybe if he invites me on to the football intelligentsia, I'll talk a little X's and O's, but no, I will not be engaging in a trash talk war with Joe Lanza cross brand for promotional consideration. I'm sorry if Chris, if you're upset that that hurts the ratings. No, no, I, I'm not upset about it. like, look, here's the thing about the Rams. They're a trash team. Rams fans <laughs> are garbage people um, of a lower caliber uh, ethics. Not really a thing for Rams fans, historically speaking. Um, Don't do this to me. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I actually I had a friend who was a Rams fan and I found out and I scorned them from my life. And I, 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 I told them, sir, you are omitted. I omit you from my life. You. No, it was, it, it was a fascinating thing. Cause I, I, I yearn for hot crowds and wrestling. And let me tell you something that, uh, that Arrowhead stadium is the truth. 
Man, you you know what's gets... not a hot crowd? Rams fans. <laughs> it's actually kind of true. <laughs> just an just an ugly people. A lot of showbiz types and a lot of selling your Ugh. tickets to the opposite team. But uh, went there. It was loud. Uh, don't know if you followed the, the story of the game at all, Chris. But if you didn't, I'll, I'll let you know what happened. Uh, the, the Chiefs got up to a 21 to 3 lead before the first half or before the end of the second quarter uh, was done. It eventually it was 21, 10 at halftime, but uh, there was uh there was a lot of despondency on my part, but there was also my brother who is a chiefs fan and chief season ticket fan and, and granted me this ticket. As long as I traveled out there, uh, there was dancing and high fiving and a lot of uh, a lot of trash talking going on for in, in your boy. Your boy was maintaining a stoicism that's only seen on the comedy stage sometime when he's up there with a jackass doing the kind of the same thing. I had an older man who passed by me at least three times, taking his son to the bathroom every time he passed. Sorry about your loss. Sorry about your loss. And I'm just taking this and taking this and taking this. And then sometime in the third quarter, the Bengals clawed back and tied the game at 21 all. In the fourth quarter, they kicked a field goal to go up 24-21. The Chiefs then tied it at the end of the regulation, not getting into the end zone. And the Bengals in overtime after intercepting their star quarterback won the game 27-24 to get to the Super Bowl. And at that moment, I was overcome with emotion which you, some of you, the likes of which some of you will never see again for me, a loud primal scream came from me as I was watching, could not find that older gentleman who kept on <laughs> me all game about, sorry about your loss. Uh, it was an awesome live sporting experience, uh, given that I won. If I had lost, I'd be heartbroken. But at the same time, it was just one of those things where, I don't even think this could have been scripted by pro wrestling. And that's why real sports is oftentimes better at, uh, at telling stories than, than actual storytelling. Um, but thank you all for, for your, for your thoughts and comments on the Twitter sphere. Uh, it, it was a fun time and no, I don't think I'm going to the super bowl because the cheapest ticket in is five grand. And I don't think I want to spend that scratch, but, uh, I got a stock portfolio. I might sell some things, but uh, if, if I do, I'll tell you that story later. But uh, yeah, that was my trip to Kansas city. Chris, thank you for indulging in my, uh, in my self-indulgence. <laughs> no, I, I I'm happy to, uh, you, you sound like a, a good fan of football. Unlike Rams fans who are <laughs> bad people, Degenerate humans. gamblers. I, they, they are fatherless sons, daughterless <sighs> mothers. Yeah. Like, like just, just aimless whoremongers. I mean, you, yeah. you're, you're, you're baseless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, 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 just a debased people. Yeah, they kick babies. I mean, they're just, they're just the worst. Yeah. They, no, but they no, like, I, but, like phone poles. Yeah. But all these opinions are those of Chris Novembrino. Do not at me on Twitter. No, uh, feel free to at me. I, I don't. I don't give a shit. I, I, yeah, please, by all means. Uh, you all love me. I can't wait to hear about it. Getting into the wrestling news, World Wrestling Entertainment had by far its most successful year financially in 2021, taking over one billion, one billion ninety-five million one hundred seventy-four thousand in revenue, and having one hundred seventy-nine million eight hundred forty-three thousand in profits. 
It was the first time the company tapped the $1 billion mark in revenue with 85.5% of the revenue coming from media, which would be television and streaming deals, including the WWE Network internationally and Peacock domestically, what is left of pay-per-view and advertising and sponsorships. The switch to Peacock led to the WWE Network streaming and what, or, oh, I already said that, uh, the switch to Peacock led to the WWE Network streaming uh, around the world. And uh, that revenue increased from one hundred eighty-five million six hundred sixty-seven thousand. So, so they made a billion dollars to two hundred fifteen million four hundred four thousand in twenty twenty-one. Look, this is a podcast usually dedicated to critiques of the storytelling, the product itself, not the business metrics itself, and any podcast that you listen to. That tells you, oh man, this poor creative WWE might be in trouble with it. Turn them off. Unsubscribe from them. McDonald's makes crappy burgers, but they are a huge hit worldwide. This, I, I'm, I'm somewhat baffled, but you know what? We crit- I, I think this is movement. a little, it's not quite the McDonald's analogy. Um, I, I'm with you. Like, like, look, any, any pot, we do criticize the writing a lot, um, because this is a show that's focused on what is good and what's bad. What is successful and what is not successful is more nebulous. It's more WrestleNomics. Yeah. Yeah. It's more WrestleNomics and, and, and specifically what is profitable and what is not profitable. Um, insofar as we ever talk about where creative intersects with the business, and this still remains a big problem despite profitability, is in television ratings. Mm-hmm. WWE's television ratings do continue to decline. And I think a thing that has baffled many of us in the podcasting sphere as well is the seeming disconnect between the profitability of World Wrestling Entertainment as a company and its seeming decline in popularity by every measure I can think of. Like, I wrestling is not just uncool it's about as uncool as any point in my lifetime it's like yes. 1992 1990 no that i think you nailed it right there 92 yeah. 93 when wcw was trying to be wwf light and trying to make things into cartoon characters and turn rick flair into spartacus and all these other things no i think you're dead on here um and, and so like i i look give podcasters not maybe 1991 but like give give all the commentary a little bit of credit in the sense that we're like there's still this weird processing of like the company's profitable and yet fewer people are buying the product it seems and like like so it's the question continues to be where's the money coming from and Mm -hmm. obviously the glaring the glaring issue is all the times that wwe pleads poverty when they make these talent (laughs) cuts (laughs) yeah hey uh, budget cuts, kid. Got to tighten the wallet. Yeah, and on the flip side, I'll I'll work in some of the creative thing. Uh, Fightful Select, our friend Sean Ross Sapp, also Bengals fan. One longtime talent said that nothing matters outside of four people, quote unquote, maybe as the vibe that they get. Over a half dozen main roster talent pointed to issues with continuity and nobody else being designed to do anything. Several talent have felt like they're without a voice and are reduced to making pleas on social media. Another talent said in the time they've been there, they've never felt quote unquote less heard and their attempts to speak with Vince McMahon go ignored met with haste or sometimes seemingly spitefully go the other way based on their recommendations. 
We've also heard of several contradictory decisions over the course of a number of months that have reversed course to something the talent had already pitched and had denied prior. One wrestler stated, quote, if you see a complaint with merit and in good faith about something that lacks sense, logic, or continuity, I almost guarantee we have complained too. It just never changes anything. Now, the part that I took from this, one long-time talent, that means that they have re-upped at some point for the next three years or the next three-year deal over and over and over again, and they were expecting something different. Now, my cynicism is is always in full overdrive, Chris. You know what I say. I say they sweet-talk you into signing the contract, and then they tell you to F off. I don't have a lot of sympathy here, quite frankly, because they don't have to do anything. They are making money hand over fist. Who are you to tell them how to run their business? If you want changes in there, do something about it. Otherwise, yeah, at, at this point, I'm at the I'm of the opinion that if you want to have a creative component in your contract, you need to negotiate that item. Yes. In. And, and you're a damn fool for thinking that WWE will give you anything like if you want a guaranteed six month program, one of the terms you need to negotiate is a guaranteed six month program. Yes, that you have that you get authorized. It has a clear start date and a clear end date. Um, if you want long form booking, you need to negotiate it into your contract at this point because there's just nothing to suggest that WWE cares about doing that, even for its top talent. And as a general rule, they don't care about doing that right now. Otis, yeah. oh, like, like, try to you know give me a, a two paragraph explanation as to the dynamic between Chad Gable and Otis in the Alpha Academy. <laughs> There's nothing. One week they wear one stupid outfit, the next week they wear another stupid outfit. Occasionally, one of them gets a haircut. Like, like, there's not actually a plot there. Um, if you want a plot, you're gonna have to ask for it. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where I, I read these reports and I get it, and I, I have. I, don't get me wrong, I, I was critical of the people. It sounded like I was being critical, but I I do empathize and sympathize with them. The problem here is I also think they want it both ways. I I think that they want that creative freedom, but they also want the money from the escalation clauses that you get for having time in WWE and things like that. And there's a trade-off here. There is a definite trade-off. You can have the economic security, but you're going to have to do what you're told, or you can go out there and hustle and do what you want and find a, find a startup or even an AEW if they'll take you and see if they'll give you creative freedom, but you can't have it both ways. And that's a risk. And I, I get, as you get older, it's a risk. A lot of people don't want to take. And, and I'm fine with that too. I'm fine with your decision so long as you can live with your decision. I think that's my problem here. Yeah, I, I think that that's true. And, and I, I mean, it will, I think, forever gnaw at me that for as profitable and as successful on many metrics WWE is that I will forever believe that whatever profit they did in this last quarter, one billion plus, they could have put on a good television show and done at least as much profit, if not better profit. Like you could make these guys more profitable. Um, and, and I think like this gets back to something you and I were talking about before the show with uh, Goldberg, um, how Goldberg's entire profitability is due to one really good and strong push for mm -hmm. this guy. And WWE still hinges upon it. 
And we can sit here and, I mean, we're not going to, but we could do, you know, 10 minutes on the last 10 years of WWE not making stars and thus not having these profitable assets to bring to their own television. I I think for as much profit as this company has brought themselves with this model, I think the talent sees, rightly so, that they could be more profitable if they were doing, I don't know, better things with a guy like Ali. Like, literally anything. That guy's marketable. He could be far more profitable than he currently is um, in terms of what he does for the company. And I think there's a lot of guys like that. Uh, Matt Riddle, I don't really care for him. But the fans seem to really, like, be into the guy. Um, Probably could be doing better than what he's doing right now. Uh, Braun Strowman. My God. Well, you know, there's a guy who... who, (laughs) No, I mean, there's a guy... That should have been built up, ready to do action movies, doing, you know, like he's the heavy in this summer's action movie every single year. Um, Like this is just a company that's not building up stars. And I think in terms of where does that intersect with the business, I think it does hurt their profitability, but it's in a much more subtle way. So it's not just like, wow, Raw is a very stupid three hours. Can't believe this company's making money. I think that's a reductive way of looking at it. But like when you're not using those three hours of Raw to make the stars of tomorrow, you are hurting the profitability of the company in addition to just not making a very entertaining to watch television show. Action movies and comic book IP are the hottest thing in the space. And they have a whole roster full of people that they could put to use in that, as John Cena has shown. And he is excellent in Peacemaker. If you guys aren't watching that, I highly suggest you do. I know. Like, shouldn't the Usos have already done one or two cameo appearances in a superhero movie as, like, some, like, twin, like, yes. yeah, superheroes? G.I. Joe, like, Tomax, and Zamoth. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. I know. No, I, I, I get any your number. point, yes. Yeah. Action movies, everything. I mean, these guys, I mean, WWE could be making a, th- a third stream of, of revenue, but they, no, we know how to make movies too. <laughs> Here's Ceno Evil 12 with Kane. <laughs> Just like, oh God, what? No, no. Speaking of one Braun Strowman, the other side of his WrestleMania program from last year, one Shane McMahon was brought back as a secret entrant in the Royal Rumble and also to produce the match. He has since been told his services are no longer necessary with the WWE. The plan was originally that he'd help uh, produce a match, but then go into the elimination chamber and then finally wrestle Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. I thought editorial note here, thought it was going to be Austin theory for sure. That story seemed to be getting set up real well, but no, it was Seth Rollins was the plan. But it turns out that there were complaints about how he wanted to build the match around himself and issues involving co-producer James Gibson, a.k.a. Jamie Noble. Reading from Dave Meltzer's Wrestling Observer here, quote, others noted that he wanted to build the ending of the match around himself and be a featured player in the match, was visibly very unhappy when his match ideas were shot down by his father and was not professional with Gibson and talked down to people. There were also disagreements regarding he and Lesnar regarding the closing stages of the match. Jeff's laughing because he's trying to imagine that. And Lesnar pretty uh, well, much does. He, you know, Shane wanted to get his shit in a little bit. Yes. And Lesnar. Yeah, I know. Much, it's exactly. And Lesnar pretty much does exactly what he wants. But this led to people being told one thing and then another between Shane's ideas, what Lesnar wanted and what Vince wanted. Roll. Shane wanted Rollins in there, but that was struck down because of the beating earlier. It was constantly changing all day, and Vince was overruling Shane on his ideas and also agreeing with Lesnar. About the only thing left in regarding him looking good was a spot where he would outstrike babyface and former UFC fighter Riddle. 
He botched the elimination as well, not going over the top rope and clothesline, so they had to redo that over again. Look, I, to me, it sounds like a bad idea to bring him in to produce something that you're already in because, of course, you want to be part of the star of that, and especially if they've told you you're going to be in the elimination chamber but and a part of WrestleMania. to, like, Shane not knowing where his role is in the ecosystem? Like, Shane still thinks he's a star. That that That's the thing in this story that is kind of baffling to me. I thought that Shane had sort of more or less accepted like, you know, this is where I'm at in this stage of my life and that's fine. And, you know, I, I did I, too. Yeah. And so like, like this, the thing that is baffling to me about this story is like, this guy still thinks he's like 32. I'm going to defend him a little bit here. Cause, cause look, don't get me wrong. I, I, there are two ways you can take being difficult and talking down. And, and it all, always depends on who's being told what Vince brought him in and said, you produce this match or you help produce this match. But also part of the plan is we're putting you in Saudi Arabia in the elimination chamber, and we're going to set you up for a match with Seth Rollins. So if you tell me that I'm going, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to book myself to eliminate Brock Lesnar, but I'm definitely going to try and figure out a story to make that make sense so that I have something to do within the rumble and to set it up nicely. This could be, this could be somewhere in between. Don't get me wrong. I, I can totally see the Shane being petulant backstage because his ideas weren't being met and him wanting to be a megalomaniac. And, oh, hey, I want to outpunch the UFC superstar, which seems like just a bad idea on paper. And trust me, Shane is historical for having bad ideas and creative. It's legendary amongst ex-writers and ex-producers that Shane had some crappy, crappy ideas. But at the same time, he should have never been brought in to produce a match when he's not producing on the weekly, quite frankly. And to me, I understand wanting him for Saudi Arabia because he's still, quote unquote, a star from the Attitude Era. But if you're going to have him put a path in there to get to WrestleMania somehow, you have to give him some shine in the match. I, I get that. But this, these, these were just bad ideas all the way around. Quite frankly, and and the rumble wasn't anything to write home about as a match either. So no, the rumble was boring. I I mean, I I just I think WWE has been circling around the toilet bowl with some of these programs for a very long time now. Like the Lesnar and Reigns programs, very long in the tooth with no real intrigue. And this is the the this is where not being good at long term storytelling really bites yes. them in the ass. Yes, like, it yeah. would be it would be nice if you could script out something for a year and stick to it for the most part injuries notwithstanding but they're not going to do that anymore and guess what don't have to point at the scoreboard look how much revenue we made we made over a billion dollars last year you tell me your idea you stupid writer boy you know yeah. kind of I, thing. I, I mean and, that, and that's i think that's what's going to keep them that's what's going to keep them from actually seeing the the basic problems and even like the what's wwe stock price it's at 51 it's not like it's good i i mean if you've been it's holding better it, than before i mean it was if like you've been holding it for five years it's good but if you yes. also if you've been holding it for five years you should have sold a couple of years ago when it was at like a hundred dollars and it ain't going back there so we saw tonight Goldberg so, expected back for the Saudi show. Uh, Bailey and Asuka expected back over the next few months, as is Lacey Evans, who's been training for a return. One person who has left 
WWE, who was released. Brian Kendrick, released by WWE, scheduled to show up on AEW Dynamite on Wednesday, and then was pulled because the internet never forgets. Uh, Kendrick said some not... He said some anti-Semitic things. Let's not uh, let's not uh, let's not uh, beat around the bush there. Alex Pawlowski, our friend at Fightful, remembering the research he did from the bracketology thing for CWC, still being very disappointed. David Bixenspan helping to broadcast it out to a much wider audience. But yes, Holocaust denialism, uh, things about the state of Israel and earthquakes, reptilians ran the gamut of just absolutely horrid, horrid comments, and Tony Khan pulled him from television. Kendrick, not to condone, but just to mention, very contrite in an apology, admit he said some terrible, terrible things, some vile things, and left it at that. We'll see what happens from here. Uh, it's not, it's not a, it's not, he hasn't been reformed yet in my eyes. I don't think he can be necessarily. I mean, he might be, but uh, he worked for a number of years after saying this stuff in what, 2013. And I just, I, 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 yeah, I'm, I, I'm a little speechless, Chris. What, what do you have to say about this? You sound like you're drowning in water here, kid. Pausing. So, a story like this makes me think like a number of complicated thoughts. Uh, one, I'm amazed that WWE, when doing a background check, never ran into any of this stuff or if they did run into this stuff this is the other thing i was thinking about maybe that was part of the eva marie deal if you if you train eva marie and you make her halfway passable we can we can look past this if you if you can make even oh no this was after he was signed though this was after yeah oh oh, okay or not not the not the not the comments but the eva marie thing was was long after even the cruiserweight classic happened so, so the cop, so the comments were before the Eva Marie thing, is what I'm saying. Oh yeah, long yeah. before. So that's what I'm saying is that essentially, I I could see a path, perhaps, and this is all conjecture. Where WWE basically was like, "We'll quietly turn a blind eye to this if you can train up Eva Marie." Um, but I I still think it's baffling that like a background check didn't catch this. Um, I, I will also say that. I don't think it's um, healthy for us as people and as fans to be devoting inordinate amounts of time trying to deep dive all of these wrestlers' lives. Um, I'm not condoning this, and I'm not, like I, I I definitely want to make it clear that uh, I think what Kendrick said is like pretty aberrant and horrible. Um, and like I'm gonna con- condemn that further in just a moment here, but I, I'm. I'm just at a point in my life where I've got better things to do <laughs> than to putz around on the internet and look for some horrible thing that somebody said 10 years ago. And I would strongly encourage everyone that you might actually have something more meaningful to do, like someone who loves you, a pet that needs walking, 
um, a friend you haven't called in a long time, someone you need to say you're sorry to. Um, anything could be better than spending your day trying to find dirt on a pundit or a professional wrestler so as to drag them down. Um, I really, I really feel fairly strongly about that one. Before we move into Kendrick, uh, well, you... let, let, okay, yeah, no, and I agree with you, but let me ask you this because somebody brought up this in my DMs, and I think it's a, it's a relevant point. I, I just, I, I, I just can't get on board with it. Um, it, it's one of those things where they said, well, you remember this was at a time where Kendrick, admittedly, had a lot of mental health issues. And a lot of substance abuse issues and stuff like that. And I, and I kind of go, okay, fine. There's also that part of me, and, and, I, and I talked to you about this off, off or online as well. I'm like, okay, is there a way where you bring this up to Kendrick and go, do you still believe this crap? And you get an honest answer. Like, is there, is there a chance that somebody has truly repented and changed from all this as opposed to, being accused of it and then saying that oh yeah i've changed just to give lip service that that's what i'm interested in because look i'm not the same person i was 10 years ago i've i've made actually major changes in my life to to how i was 10 years ago um yeah, you're a lot meaner to me now no you you deserve it but okay. what? <laughs> that's, no, that's fine that's fine but but you know what i'm saying here it's one of those things where it's like don't get me wrong I, the, the joey ryan uh, jailhouse conversion to Christianity bugged me a bit, but at the same time, as a person of faith, I'm not, I can't really question that. It's like, it doesn't matter how you come to, I mean, you can question it, but at the same time, well, feel you, free to outsource, feel free. I'm, I'm always here as a favor. If you need to outsource that task. Yeah. I, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, where it's like, you know, it, 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 well, this timing is certainly, you know, prayer is the last refuge of a scoundrel. And to me, what, what, what helped Brian's case in some cases in, in, in a little bit of a case is he was just contrite with being wrong. He didn't make an excuse about it. He didn't, he, he was just, I did some terrible things. The point where even Sabu goes, what you say, bro? And he goes, oh, online, <laughs> which was a hilarious exchange. But I just, I, it's one of those things where it's like, how, if you bring this stuff up, how can you even be sure somebody's changed anymore? That's, that's the weird thing to me. Yeah. Um, with regards to Kendrick, um, I, look, uh, I'm not saying that Kendrick didn't have serious drug issues. That's pretty well documented. I think everyone, everyone who knows Kendrick's background knows that this is a guy who's, who's got some issues. Um, he said some things. I'm even willing to believe he doesn't believe those things um, or, or that there's a path where potentially he didn't really believe them at the time that they were the fuel of drugs. But or the thing or is, even playing it up for video. Uh, but the thing is, in order for me to be able to really believe that, um, not yeah. just be willing to believe that, in order for me to really believe that, I would need to have seen Kendrick basically at some point do a shoot interview where he was like, dude, like when I was on drugs, I was saying all sorts of crazy shit. I used yeah. to think that the aliens are like, like and I'm not saying he, he doesn't need to be like go into the Holocaust museum with the anti-defamation. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm, I'm saying like, I, I literally just need Kendrick going like, bro, drugs will screw up your mind. I used to think that they were reptilians that like controlled the government. I used to think that they were aliens and shit. Like, like I, when I was on drugs, I was not in my right mind. Right. I, like if Kendrick was saying that, that, that for me 
would not quite get me all the way there to uh, on the anti-Semitism stuff, but would get me pretty far along to going like, dude, like, okay, the guy had a drug problem. He wasn't thinking straight, like, especially if you've ever known anyone who's, like, had a methamphetamine addiction or, like, one of those kind of more up-intense drugs. Messes with your brain. You, you're seeing stuff and thinking stuff that just isn't true. Um, but we haven't seen any of that from Kendrick. Um, and while I think the tweet that he put out was fine um on, on the wrestling scale it was it was on the upper end let's yeah sure I'll, I'll give it a six and a half out of ten on the wrestling scale but but like then it's the timing right he's saying this because he got caught um i, I mean this is this is the guy who feels really bad that he hurt his wife after he's been caught cheating on her um, I, I won't go that far. I won't go that far because maybe he doesn't even remember this stuff. I mean, it was a shoot interview from, I think, 2011. So it's Okay, like then, then this was a fantastic time for him to disown anti-Semitism. Um, okay. Yeah, like, like, if he doesn't even remember it, like, I, I, I mean, especially given the climate. Uh, we've had an anti-Semitic uh, church attack here in the last month or so. Like, this is in the news. Um, it is something that people are legitimately concerned about. Um and beyond all of that, like, this is not what Kendrick said. You have, like, Whoopi Goldberg's comment from, like, a week ago. Oh, and then you, but then you have Kendrick's comments that are, like, way, 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 way worse. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it, it's, he, he has a lot of work to do here in order for me to believe that he changed. And I'm with you. I don't know that there's actually a path where I'll believe fully that he doesn't believe that the Jew Illuminati is secretly controlling things. I, 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 he would need to do a lot of work. Continuing with the news, Dean Mutani, 35, best known as Mojo Raleigh, noted that he nearly died from COVID in 2020. He said his issues got so bad that he is still not 100% nearly two years later, but has recovered enough to say that he, he will be returning to professional wrestling. I think that's good news. I, 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 I always liked Mojo. Um, I thought he was athletically gifted and very smart. I'd like to see what he does on the indies. Um, hopefully, hopefully COVID has not permanently damaged him. That's my fear here. And it would probably be before we even knew what COVID was or, you know, had any, uh, had any, any ability to get a, uh, uh, vaccine. So right, it was, right. it was 2020. So yeah. Uh, also on the COVID list, Bobby Horn, who used to wrestle as Mo of Men on a Mission, is in intensive care due to COVID nineteen complications. He had kid, he had a kidney transplant. I think he was, he's just immunocompromised from all that. I I don't know his vaccination status or not, but uh, say a little prayer for old Mo from Men on a Mission. Um, yeah, I mean, like, look, uh, Mojo Raleigh to me it, it is a cautionary tale as to why it pays to be risk. And I'm not saying he wasn't. I want to be really clear on this. Like, it's why it pays to be risk averse when it comes to something like COVID-19. Um, especially at the start of the pandemic, there were a lot of unknowns about this, one of which ended up being long COVID. That, uh, you know, for the people who thought that this was just the flu, you get the flu for a couple few weeks and then you're over it on, on like the longer end. Maybe maybe it goes upwards of a month in the longer end. Long COVID, um, as we're seeing, is really doing a number on like fully healthy people. Like Mojo Raleigh, I, I, of all the people to think long COVID doing a number on, 
Mojo Rawley. Uh, it, it's like it's actually kind of um, like that's what he's so high energy in in a profession that's a high energy. I still think about that NXT entrance. Oh, I, was ex- I was exhausted watching that guy go to the ring. That's like Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, it was like more than the Ultimate Warrior. Like like his the, those first initial I don't stay hype I get or I don't get hype I stay hype like uh, entrances. They're out of this world in terms of energy. Uh, it's just, it's crazy to think that this guy would, would have been at a point where he was low energy in, in any way. Um, and it's just a real testimony to how this thing can really fell a strong person. Mo is a strong dude. In sad news, Mauro Ranallo, former NXT announcer and strike force and boxing announcer for Showtime has signed to host a reality show on CBS called beyond the edge. The show debuts on March 16th in the Wednesday time slot from or in Wednesday from 9 to 10 p.m. time slot. The show is about nine celebrities who give up their luxury lifestyle to live in the dangerous jungles of Panama, probably with production assistance and catering, but nevertheless. It's the sad news that these celebrities are not going to be actually left to their own devices yes, and just film it. And, and that Mauro Ronaldo is having any part of this farce. I'm, I'm so ashamed. Anyways. Ratings uh, news. WWE SmackDown last Friday, 2,217,000 total viewers, 0.56 in the demo. Rampage, 601,000 total viewers, 0.25 in the demo. Raw, 1.87 million and 0.47. It had opened with 2.1 million, but only did 1.6 for the promise of Ronda Rousey coming out to announce their WrestleMania opponent. NXT, 619,000, only 170,000 in the demo. Dynamite, 954,000.35 in the demo, the lowest total in 18 to 49 viewership since December 15th. What stands out to you? Anything? AEW being low was surprising to me, especially for MGF Punk. Yes. And we can get it. We'll get into MJF Punk here. Um, I, I mean, I guess the other big one is Ronda Rousey not being a driver. Um, having negative, having negative ratings with Ronda Rousey, as in like ratings attrition, um, is a bad sign. Cause like we have seen when someone's actually legitimately a celebrity like CM Punk, that that actually can move the needle. And with Ronda, it's really interesting how her star has fallen over the last like four We've seen years. the stance. We've seen Ronda yeah. already. The, the, yep. that, that, the, the newness is gone. I'm going to be honest. The... <sighs> Once Ronda lost, and when she lost three in a row and then left the UFC, she wasn't as hot of a star as she could have been had she just left the UFC undefeated. And that was a problem. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's bringing out the celebrity we've already seen kind of thing as opposed to somebody new. Uh, I, I didn't think it was all that unexpected. And also, we'll get, we'll get to it in the Lazy River. Um, I just don't think she's a very good professional wrestler either, either on the acting or the technical side, but that's, that's me. We'll get into that in a little bit. We will open up the lazy river of wrestling criticism with ice cold Royal rumble takes. We're going to have a little bit of a chill, a little bit of a polar bear party jumping into the ice water of the Royal rumble, which happened last Saturday, watched most of it on a plane. Uh, it was a lousy pay-per-view. I'm going to be honest. I, I did not enjoy my, I enjoyed certain aspects of it, but like I was really digging Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. I loved the shield entrance. I loved the story of the match. I thought it was a very well done match. I thought it was really, really good. 
up until the Charles Robinson holding up the arm and placing it on the rope. And it just, the, the air on this pay-per-view all went out. The soul of this pay-per-view all went out on that aspect where they tried to sell that as Seth reaching a rope when he was lifting the arm for three, when it was really Charles Robinson putting his hand on the rope. The other thing I liked, I, I liked Becky and Dewdrop, but it was in the death spot. And it just, the crowd couldn't get it over. And to be honest, Becky's questionable heal them didn't help. Or Jeff Goldblum school of acting on the two count. Cause every time there's a two count, it's the, it's the grab the, grab the chin, grab the head, put both hands in the thing. Mm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of something. If, you, if I'm doing this for radio, but I'm also on video. So you'd have to watch that to see, but yes, there, there's some very Jeff Goldblum esque antics going on with, with Becky. Every time there's a kick out, the women's rumble was terrible. It was dreadful. They don't have 30 women who can fill a rumble. And that's a problem. And, and plus, there were some things that just did not make sense in that damn thing. Sasha being eliminated by Zelina Vega. What? You know, they, they said, oh, we all know what Summer Rae is going to go after. No, because not all of us live on Twitter. So we all didn't know she was going after Natty because of the Total Divas feud. Oh, They did nothing with Mickey James. And she inexpl- and she got unceremoniously dumped by Lita. You know, uh, her entrance was fantastic. She got a huge pop in St. Louis. Did nothing with it. Most of the legends were legends and just old stories. It's the same people we've seen year after year. Sure, Ronda came out and won it. That that was pretty big. They reignited the feud with Charlotte. Okay, men's rumble. I mean, you know, like one last thing. Normally the 30 slot is something relevant. And in this case, the 30 slot was Shayna Baszler and it meant nothing. I liked, they tried to tell the story of the alliance between Ronda and Shayna, but they really didn't get there nope. for me. Um, that's true. That's not true. A lot of times they make 29 the climax and then 30 is kind of anti-climax. That's go, true. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, but usually there's like one, la- I mean, there's usually one last really important person. It's like Rhonda at 28 is, it wasn't you know, normally it'd be someone in that 29 or 30 slot or whatever. Uh, I don't know. The men's rumble was kind of an afterthought because everybody knew as soon as Brock lost to Bobby, that Brock was coming into that rumble. I think. It was a bunch of guys that nobody believed could win the rumble for the most part. I think that's the other thing is, is because they've now made this about the main, about main eventing WrestleMania, only main eventers can win this. And I don't think Dominic Mysterio, anybody's going to be thinking that he's going to be winning the rumble. If he pulls number 30, you know, that, Ray, and, and I don't even think the main eventer issue is the biggest problem. So long as you actually have four five, six guys going into the rumble who you credibly view as a main eventer and who fans might earnestly want to see go on a road to WrestleMania. Push. Yeah. Um, and and the, the big issue here is like no one cares enough about Shinsuke Nakamura. Right, right now to want to see him go on. A, and I like Shinsuke. I got like Shinsuke. Love Shinsuke. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I like Shinsuke. Uh, no one cares about seeing him on a road to WrestleMania push. AJ Styles, uh, indisputably a WrestleMania main eventer. Yeah. No, not heated up anywhere near to the point where you'd actually like no. want to see him go on that. Um, Drew McIntyre. No. Meh. Um, Kevin Owens. N- no. 
Um, although, like, it would be it would be a guy I would love to see in a WrestleMania main event program. Yes. Not there right now. Um, you know, and then Big E. I liked that guy. Whatever happened to him? Did they Let's, ever do anything with him? You know what? As we transition out, because I don't think we have any strong opinions after this on 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 the rest of this Rumble pay per view because everything was leading to the aftermath on that Rumble's. whole Rumble match is about Bad Bunny though, basically. Yes. Yeah. That that I mean, outside everything prior to Lesnar's scene was basically Bad Bunny is a great wrestler who can hang with the rest of our goofus roster. Yeah, Bad Bunny is. Bad Bunny's out on tour and stuff, but he can come to the Rumble and beat the hell out of all of our weekly guys. And and they wonder, they wonder why only four people maybe matter in the company after grumbling about that. It's because nobody stands up and goes, this is effing ridiculous. Why is he? Well, he's a celebrity. It'll get us, it'll get, it'll get us uh, hits on extra or entertainment tonight. Yeah. But there's also a downside to that. It also makes you look dumb because you are a trained professional and you are getting beat by this guy who's not, who's in storyline, just a celebrity off the street. So, yeah, I it's, it's I get wanting the celebrity rub, but at the same time, there's a cost to that. Um, Big E, was he I mean, can we agree he was kind of done dirty? I mean, he is after day one, the way he was unceremoniously pinned there and the way he was treated in this rumble. I don't see a second belt coming for him. Gotta tell you, do not see a second singles push for him. Do you? I don't. Um, It's stunning to me. Um, I think you and I both see this guy as a star. They don't. Yeah. Uh, yeah they they There's, don't. It's, it's yeah. never been more obvious because, like, everybody, oh, everybody put their hopes in him. And, you know, we were critical of Big E's kind of attitude towards it, at least on screen, in terms of the, hey, being funny is what got me here and stuff. And we were just screaming, no, no, no type of things. I'm not saying it was a self-fulfilling principle of self I don't think it was a self-fulfilling prophecy because prophecy, in order for you. some of the stuff that you and I want people to do, like, you know, grab the mic and just like go yeah, Bullworth on it. Like the fans are like not actually there for a Bullworth moment from Big E Bullworth. right now. Yeah. yeah you know that what I mean? That is an arcane reference, my friend. Yeah. All right. Okay. Pipe bomb. I'm Thank sorry. You. Yeah. CM Punk. All right. Not, not we, a lot of Warren Beatty fans. Whatever. You guys audience. need to go and watch some good movies, you nerds. Warren uh, Beatty's and, never made a good movie. Oh, uh, Bullworth. Tracy. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Dick Tracy. <laughs> Dick Tracy was not a good movie. Dick Tracy was a big movie. Yes. Totally different. Totally different. It was one Bugsy of those was all right. Bugsy was okay. It was like, but it was like not that good of a movie. Red like, stinks. Like, they, they, they just like really marketed the hell out of that. Um, (laughs) point being like we we you and i want these bullworth moments hawkins we We want want, wrestling is what we want right but but like the fan and part of the formula there is that the fans have to want that too um there is no 
sense of hijack for as shitty as Raw is right now. There is no hijack Raw movement going no. on. Fans no. don't care enough to force the issue. No, they want to like, so I don't. They want to so see the hits. They want to see we the go, hits. When we go back to Big E, then like, what do I tell this guy? Well, then you just do this, and the fans will. will no, they won't. They're not going to do anything. So he just has to go out there and read the stupid. Hello, oh, I'm Cleveland. Hello, Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, yeah. Scream the name of our city. Say, don't you dare be sour. Clap for your new day and feel the power. Skip down there. Throw pancakes. Kiss babies. And and and, and, yeah, and no and one then, will boo you, but no one will love you. Yeah, and then and then and then get off the stage because we're gonna start chanting RKO because we want to see somebody get hit with an RKO, and then we'll yeah. go home happy. And and wrestling is awesome. Yeah, what they want, what we want, are are two different things. But yeah. Uh, I will let you start the Lazy River, sir. Well, I was really excited when I watched SmackDown tonight. I, I have very few things that really... Like, you were talking about the Bengals earlier um, and how, like, you let out... Or you're going to let out a primal scream. And and I was thinking, for me, there's, like, just not that many things in this world of ours, this tiny and yet so big <laughs> world of ours, that could still get me to achieve that level of joy. Um, but tonight... On SmackDown, um, one of those few things started to come into the horizon. And, and Hawkins, there are a few moments in wrestling you know that I, I've wanted for a long time. Obviously, the gun match uh, where there is one gun and the competitors have to fight over it. The winner is the one who uses the gun. Um, big but the, firearms enthusiast, Chris Novembrino. No, I'm just a big fan of the gun match. I think it's the most <laughs> pure form of competition. But uh, the other thing that I've long wanted is a match where both competitors use a spear so that we could arrive at the point where both <laughs> rev up to spear each other. And tonight when Bill Goldberg, his music came on, I was like, yes, yes. Yes, one step closer. As he inched closer to Roman Reigns, I was like, spear, spear, spear. Hawkins, we're going to get it. Two men spearing each other in the middle of the ring in the kingdom of blood, Saudi Arabia. Didn't we have that? Didn't we have something? Because, oh, no, Edge uses we a spear, too. We, Edge yeah, we want to have Reigns. Edge, Goldberg, and Roman Reigns do like oh my a goodness. crisscross crash we could, convergence. We could add, we could add, uh, we could add Bobby uh, Lashley. And Drew, doesn't Drew McIntyre also do a spear? Or no, 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 he doesn't. Bobby Lashley does. Doesn't. Bobby yeah, does. Bobby oh, does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah. get four four way crisscross four crash, baby. Four spears. They said it couldn't be done. They said it couldn't be done. They said it shouldn't be done. And then the world ends. And then yeah. <laughs> all, that's how the world ends. It's four. <laughs> Four professional wrestlers doing the same move to each other at once. And then I would mark out so the heavens hard open. And, and <laughs> Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. 
new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. I'm going to stay on SmackDown just uh, for a quick note and then then what I wanted to get into. Uh, my, My quick shout out. It's Madcap Moss. People doing his material, one of whom, friend of the show, but uh, there are others. This is this is this is much like uh, Adrian Chase in NXT. It's so bad, it's good, and it's grown on me. Madcap Moss's jokes are actually getting better, and I'm frightened by this, Chris, because it's they're actually funny. Like, like he's actually doing a good job of cheering people up doing this the, the scott the scott free joke yes was actually funny yes the, yeah. these jokes are great and and, it, and it's frightening me because i thought the gimmick was supposed to be he tells bad jokes and makes people laugh but instead he's telling decent jokes and making people laugh and it's and number two it's coming from from the former riddick moss who 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 had a exercise gimmick in nxt he was tino sabatelli's other half in nxt when you thought tino was the star i'm i'm amazed i like him better than baron corbin even (laughs) i just yeah i know it's like not even close i think riddick moss uh has a lot more personality madcap moss now yes madcap moss I, i i just think the guy has a lot more personality than corbin corbin's Corbin's I, I I get that he's a guy who's willing to do whatever the company asks him to do and that's why like there is a certain niche of the audience that has strange respect for him or whatever yeah but his promos aren't actually any good um in the ring he does like three moves and you could say he's working the WWE style but like if you're gonna say someone's a good wrestler wouldn't you want to also be on terra firma that they know anything more than the standard five WWE moves like I don't like by any objective measure i just don't see anything good even really about no one gets hurt i think he does i think he does what he's told and and yeah yeah that's fine fine. that's fine is not good though yes yeah yeah that's what i'm saying like i think moss is actually good um i i just i think corbin's at best fine now to my point that i wanted to bring up and that is one ronda rousey Rhonda's tete-a-tete with Becky was bad. The tete-a-tete with Charlotte, probably worse. Charlotte's the only person who can actually try and baby Rhonda, and I don't think that's going to happen. But I realized what my problem was. It, 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 it's, it's, she's not a very good actress, and I think we saw that when she tried to do movies, but at the same time, do this. Watch a six-year-old who's upset about not being allowed to get a toy. And then listen to Ronda Rousey cut a promo. Because that's what it is to me. It, 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 it's the same, like, you don't think that's it. That kind of um, uh, patter that she has is that of, of, of a child who is throwing a bit of a temper tantrum because she doesn't give what she wants. Not coming off as tough, although it was better tonight than it was against uh, against Becky because in Becky, she's doing that while saying preposterous things like, I'm the, 
thing, the axis on which this this company revolves. And you're just like, what? That's not all we want to do is see you break women's arms. Okay, that's all. And they kind of got to there tonight. But at the same time, I'm just like, she's not an endearing personality that people can get behind. People get behind her because, oh, she was in UFC. And I think this might be the year, depending on how long she stays. Like towards the end of the last run, people were turning on her during her promos. And, and because they were long-winded, they were full of gobbledygook. They were just they were just bad. I, I think this crowd, this this program I said before has the potential to be like the Lesnar Goldberg program that got booed out of Mania. This might be that. It's 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 a dangerous thing they're playing, and they're because they're not going to be going to Becky immediately, and I think people are going to want it. Yeah, I think the Ronda babyface push. The reason it lost steam is that the reason it worked in the first place was all premised on new car smell. People and Stephanie. Did- and right. I'd, I'd say Anne Stephanie. Anne Stephanie, Anne Stephanie was a good foil, but there was a lot of intrigue about wanting to see Ronda Rousey finally yes. wrestle. Yeah. Um. And, and 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 people were very there and very excited. She's yes, she stayed in UFC a little too long, but like not so long that she was stale by the time she hit WWE. But after we saw Ronda re- wrestle the first time, and then after we saw Ronda win the championship, um. And WWE not having a great long-form story for her to tell as the champion once she won the championship. Where's the desire for the fan to see her get the belt again when they don't even necessarily... uh, No one has a um, signature moment from her championship run that they're trying to get back to. Um, and, and again, if you want to convince someone, we want to see this person be champion again, it's like, oh, you remember when Sting was holding the title above his head and how good that felt? Don't you want to see Sting win the belt again? Yeah, I remember that. I want that moment again. There is no moment that we want for Ronda Rousey to right. get back to. Um, and so then I think the other issue is once, you, once the new car smell's gone and once we've blown through the first title run, and also she doesn't have like great heels to really work against because Ronda needs to be overbooked in order to really be credible. Um, it, it, the, you know, part of the problem too for Ronda was that there was no monster heels for her to really work at the time. Um, you know, so she has to work either Charlotte or Becky and really like a Ronda character works better if Nia Jax could wrestle or, or she gets in there and she ends up destroying Bailey and, and, and Sasha, which is what, how they built her up for, for these, you know, two, good wrestlers who can carry her to a good match. Right, right. And and really what I mean what she needed is, you know, awesome Kong not available. Yes. Nia Jax couldn't really do it, but like Tamina Ronda Ra- couldn't do it. Yeah, 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 no. Ronda needed that essentially. Yes. She needed she needed a bunch of Vaders to come in and and be the person that you know, but how's Ronda going to get past this one? Um needed to basically be our story of the month for 6 months. Um I, the absence of that um I think made it not very exciting to see Ronda fight because you just assumed she was going to win. The Ronda matches, I don't think she's as bad as some people say, I because I've seen her do good work. Yeah, but the, uh, yeah. yeah I'm, but, not, but I, I'm not saying she's a – I said she was a bad wrestler. That's probably a little bit strong. She's good in spots. Spots, but, yeah. But it's not one of those things where, where for any length of time, she's telling a coherent story. No. 
and the promos, um, they stink. Um, they stink. And, and, yeah, no, they're, they're real. They're real bad. Uh, they're real, real bad. And they've never been good. And I'm with you. Like I, I, she's just so naturally a heel. She's so easy to dislike. And I actually think, in terms of booking her strongly and getting her back to presenting her as a world beater, having her be like this smug person who wins all the time and like doesn't really care about how they win and everything I think would actually do a lot for her to get her swagger back um much more so than whatever she's doing right now I I actually think like against the Beckys and the Charlottes of the world why not have the fans adore Becky uh, since they already want her to be babyface anyways, and have Rhonda be the heel who's just like, I'm sick of your goofy sunglasses. I'm sick of you, Rebecca. You're a joke. You're not like, you're not big time. You're like not even a star, dude. Like you couldn't get landed on a television show. Uh, you know, and basically just run down WWE for the WWE fans and let the WWE fans get behind their Becky's, Charlotte's, Bailey's, and Sasha's. Yeah, have her be UFC Rhonda. Yeah. Visiting the promotion. And that'll give that would give Vince enough things to run down about UFC because he doesn't like UFC. Uh, your turn. Where do you want to go? Man, where do I want to go? I okay. Let's do MJF Punk. Let's do MJF Punk. Um, where were you on this match? I really liked this a lot. I loved the first third. The first third was pure NWA worldwide, straight out of '87, Dusty versus the Horseman style thing. Kick punch heel bouncing all around on the rope spot type of thing punk playing dusty roads the 20 punches in the turnbuckle the finish with the i mean that what came after but like the the first finish with with the uh with the tape around the net that dropped and they restarted the match the dusty finish there straight out of old school territory wrestling i absolutely adored this the last two thirds i thought i thought it got a little long-winded there but uh i liked it i liked the match a lot quite a bit i i know you have some reservations about mjf though yeah okay so i think i'm with you on the first third i i the the general structure of this match was fine for me the issue here is execution and i'm not just talking about mjf trying to do the bret hart uh figure four around the turnbuckle and like falling and instead like humping a leg on CM Punk or anything like that. I'm talking about that MJF is kind of a two or three chord song at best. Um, and for the first third of the match, the two or three chords that the guy plays, they work. Kick, punch, target a limb, be a jerk. That'll get you through seven to ten minutes as a heel any era. Totally uh-huh. works. Beyond minutes eight and nine, I need suplexes. I need, I don't need you to be doing dives to the outside, um, but I do need. They, yeah, they did minimal high spots. And I liked that too. And I, the and high I don't, spots meant something. But I need the strikes to mean something. Yes. I need the suplexes yes. to mean something. I need, MJF has sort of one, as I was saying, two or three chords when it comes to doing his heel work. It's the, he gets you on the ground. He works a limb. He gets into he gets into his rest holds. He goes back to kicky punchy. Maybe does a dastardly thing. Goes back to his rest holds. Um, some of this stuff is well within the contours of what we expect out of heel work. I'm not saying a heel shouldn't be doing limb work. Of course they should be. I always talk about this. Um, but 
in a 38-minute match, which is what this is, I need my heel to be doing a few devastating power moves. I need my heel to be doing some strikes where I'm like, oh, shit. Damn, Try, really... Trying to hurt the guy. Yeah, I, I needed to be like, oh, man, he really waylaid CM Punk a few times. Yeah. And like, I never felt that. I always, I, I get that same comic And especially booking... for a match of this caliber where it's based on a hate feud. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that to me was what was missing. It was well-structured, well-worked. Um, that part, fine. I, I actually, yeah, the structure's great. Uh, I, I mean, the way that they seated the Pepsi plunge into the match in a way that was earned and was not just merely fan service, although, of course, they're doing it as fan service in Chicago and everything. Um, I, I thought all of that was fine, but, but yeah, after the dusty finish, I thought the match went a little bit long in the tooth. Um, and I hated the way that we used Wardlow at the end of this. Um, you didn't, I, you didn't like that, that the, uh, past uh, few weeks have been a red herring for the most part. No, because then last week should have been a much harder sell. Okay. Uh, yeah. And if, if the past few weeks were a red herring, then the, then if that was going to be a really successful red herring storyline, the crowd should have been frothing last week for Wardlow to save CM Punk and they were not the right. crowd the crowd didn't even bite on this so I didn't think it was a successful thing the only thing that I thought was smooth was the Wardlow hands off the ring yes. to yeah that part was dope that was I thought, great that yeah. was great um the problem is that, that no one was really ecstatic that Wardlow was going to turn Right. And it also didn't necessarily make a lot of sense that Wardlow was going to turn in Chicago. The only way that would have made sense is if Wardlow had left Cleveland and, like, stormed off mad at MJF, livid at him, like, disgusted that he had been embarrassed in his hometown, that all this had happened in front of the people that he loves or whatever. And so there's this real question when Wardlow comes down. I, I just, like, I didn't like that. Uh, I, I It didn't work. For, I like Here's the problem for me and why I say it didn't work for me. Um, I'm not interested in seeing Wardlow become a face now. Like, okay. uh, uh, yeah, and that that that's the issue here is I, I'm not interested in the Wardlow face turn anymore. And uh, he's arguably the most interesting member of Pinnacle. Uh, I I just with MJF, I get that he is clearly passionate about the business. I get that he is trying. He just doesn't tick enough boxes for me. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to stay on uh, AEW Dynamite. And uh, two two segments that just have me baffled because I don't know if people know that the roles that they're supposed to be playing here. The first was that Chris Jericho promo. Now, Jericho at this point has become very WWE Jericho in that every time he comes out, he's trying to make a new T-shirt happen. And, and he was doing that again with another catchphrase, trying to get that to go. But also he's cutting this promo that's almost heel-like when he's been in the right this entire time in terms of what he did for Proud and Powerful. And it just, it's not making any sense. And it just, you're, you're watching this and going, all right, is he supposed to be the baby face or the heel here? You don't know. You don't know why he's acting this way when he did save proud and powerful with the Judas effect from the outside for the pin, it, it just, these things aren't, aren't clicking. They're not, they're not connecting well as a story. 
Well, yeah, and it's like stupid, right? Like, should yeah. Proud and Powerful have seen the replay by yeah. now and seen that like the reason they won the match is because Jericho yes. hit the juice? Like, like, it's that's the whole, stupid. The whole time only only passes when you're at television. Drives me insane. It's like you had a week to patch this stuff up, show them the tape, you dope, and then come back to work the next week and, and everything's cool for the most part. You know, it's not. But but no. Time only happens when the TV cameras are on. So in this world, it's one big continuity thing where we've, it's, it's just ridiculous. The other one. Uh, and, and that's not even consistent with other continuity because it's yes. like uh, the Young Bucks and Adam Cole and Red Dragon, uh, they they were able to see the replay of their match a few yes. weeks ago. Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Only certain people have access to the video for some reason. The other one was this, 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 this Brandy Rhodes Dan Lambert segment where I'm watching this and I'm going, what is the end game here? I understand that the only way to really that Lambert is coming out and saying some very good lines. Don't get me wrong. I like them, but Brandy, who I think Cody is still trying to be the baby face. I don't know. Comes out, heals on the crowd immediately with the Cleveland Chicago bit. Is healing on 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 Lambert, who is getting cheered here. I hated the Josh Alexander line because nobody nobody watching AEW really knows who Josh Alexander is unless they follow all wrestling. Don't get me wrong. I like Josh Alexander a lot. I like Monster Mafia slash the North a lot as a team. But Excalibur needed to explain who Josh Alexander was rather than leave that lingering. I thought he was a sports guy. I'm going I'm to circle back, actually, to note on MJF Punk, by the way, as well, after I finish this. So, so look out for that. But, yeah, no, this whole thing was just baffling to me. Like, what was the point of it in the, in the end game? I just did not understand that. Maybe you can give me some clarity. I'll, I'll, I just want to add this one coda because it's, it's a note I had for the MJF Punk match. The thing that upset me the most about this match is I wanted finally Shivani, especially in the, I wanted that announcing booth, but especially Tony Shivani to channel their inner David Crockett and to be actually actively cheering CM Punk on against MJF for, for, for weeks. They've been calling him a prick and talking about how terrible a person MJF. Is. This is the time Lance Russell used to do it. Bob Cottle used to do it. All, all of your quote-unquote straight objective wrestling announcers used to do it. They sometimes drop the objectivity to cheer on the baby face against the heel, and I wanted this throughout the match. I only got it sporadically, and instead they kind of laid off that, and I was a little bit upset by that. Yeah, no, the direction should have definitely been given to Shivani that, like, you need to be continuing to ramp up the intensity. It should start off with little snide comments about MJF at the beginning of the first 10 minutes of the match. And then yes. ne- then someone gets on the phone. All right, Tony, a little bit more, a little bit more. Final 10 minutes, Shivani needs to be a naked partisan for yes. CM Punk. And, yes. and, and, and when Wardlow hands the ring off, to MJF, Shivani should actually be screaming. Shivani about, needs yeah, to be yeah. needing to be like, held like, back to yes, to to yes. fix this. The JR, JR should yes. be trying to calm Tony down. Yes, yeah, yeah like like that. No, he needs to be the vehicle. Uh, th- there's 
It's small stuff, but it's big stuff. Yes. Um, yeah, it, it's small, and and that does add up to viewership. I will, it, as you know, we always talk about ratings begin the show, but I, I will forever be thinking about that CM Punk needle spike uh, in the ratings when the first week he came <laughs> back. When people care, and when people are really interested in what a real star is doing, they want to see it. And, and the little stuff, um, that matters. That that gets people that gets people to decide whether or not they think an MJF and CM Punk feud is worth their time. Um, and I don't know. For me, this was a nice match. If I had to give it a star rating, I don't know, three point seven five or something. You know, you know how dogged I am on that. Uh, do, do, do you know? Uh, can you answer my other question? What's the end game on this Brandy Lambert thing? Boy, baffled baffled um because uh, like he she comes out and she's healing hard and then lambert comes out and he's like doing two things one he's like reminding the crowd you should hate him and then two he's just like having a fight with brandy and like no one likes brandy and no one really likes cody and everyone wants them to go heal so much so that lambert's even bringing it up and the weird thing once like lambert brings up hey you should go heal it's basically a death zone for the other person. It's like uh, that's like, like breaking the fourth wall. That I can't yeah, yeah, think. yeah. No, it's like an improv thing where it's like, don't you see the yellow octopus in the room now? Like <laughs> ah, like, and like now everyone has to work around the yellow octopus. I, I once you'd say, we all want you to go heal. Either Brandy goes heal to the approbation of the crowd. Finally. Or does not go heel. And the scene stalls. And what Cody and Brandy have chosen repeatedly, inexplicably, is to do this, no, we're not going to go heel thing. Scene stalls. But they're like, no, no, we have a third way. Third way is here. Uh, And the third way is we're not going to go heel. And we're going to even tell you that we're not going to go heel. So not only are we going to stay like annoying Hulk Hogan in 1995 baby face, even though everyone's booing us, we're going to go, brother, I know you're booing me right now, but I still love you, Jack. Yeah, uh, double yeah. reverse thing. It's like, yeah, all right. yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, no, I, I, this Brandy Lambert thing. I, I, Page is gonna get baby. Page Van Zant's gonna get baby faced during this match. No one's no one's gonna boo Page Van Zant. How do we have two people of moderate MMA skilled, although Ronda being much more so on that on on both shows now? How do we have this happening? This is just. Eh, anyways, it's your turn. Okay, it is my turn. Um. Only good thing in uh, NXT 2.0 GPA is the Creeds uh, and, and Diamond Mine. Um, at this Imperium? Uh, oh, you mean Gunter's faction with his uh, <laughs> with his new buddies Klaus and Fritz? Uh, <laughs> it, 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 yeah, like. Uh... <laughs> now I want that. Now I want that. You see, you can't you can't throw that joke out there. <laughs> After the promo, it would have been great if Walter goes, I, still like- I am Gunter, and then Bartel's like, I am Fritz. I am Fritz. We the cats and jamma kids. Um, I still like Wendy Chu, too, actually. 
Uh, no, like, like I, I, I mean, I will say this: the opening match for what it was, I was like so here for this Imperium versus the Creeds thing. Like, yeah, like, this, this is really good. Um, outside of that, uh, I mean, I, uh, you know, there's no, nothing really on this show worth worth writing home about. Uh, Wendy, Wendy Chu is fun. Uh, but like, it wasn't like Wendy Chu versus Amari Miller was anything. Um, no, no. But uh, it, but she's fun, and I'll take fu- I'll take fun rather than trying to tell me something's fun, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, yeah, right. I, I, I'm with you. It's same thing with like Andre Chase. Like, yeah. at least he's like legitimately fun. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, but the, that's that's NXT 2.0. It's pretty much th- th- yeah that. Uh, I'm gonna go to Raw and then I'll go to Rampage. Uh, so I have two left. I don't know how many you have left, but uh, Otis and Chad Gable are turning chicken S into chicken salad. Especially Gable in this run. He's finally just learned to just, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm not going to fight for any athletic credibility. I'm just going to be a goofball and he's great at it. And Otis is, this is not the role Otis should be playing at all. Don't get me wrong. I, I much, I much rather love, I loved dumb blue collar solid Otis. But they are making the most of this just stupid academic challenge angle, and I love I love the ridiculous tights and with the wetsuit or whatever the hell they were wearing here. Uh, you know, you have to give credit where credit is due. They're never going to try and improve this product. So if somebody's thriving or at least doing something with a bad idea, I give credit to it. The other thing I wanted to bring up to you. How are we feeling about this Becky Lynch Lita match in Saudi Arabia? Uh, the, <laughs> <Are they> l- <laughs> follow up question. Are they going to paint a thong on Lita's bodysuit when she has to dress? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm like fascinated as to, okay, like uh, what, what's Lita's outfit there going to be like? Um, I guess the other part though, uh, beyond, like that is man when Lita came out she felt like a bigger deal than Ronda Rousey uh like like Lita's return I, I would never have blocked it to happen at the same time as Ronda Rousey's return but having those two stacked up against each other it felt like Lita was the bigger deal um I thought that was a real big mistake in the way that they did that yeah I just uh, it, it's one of those things where I understand for the Saudi Arabia shows we want to bring legends there because they were asking for legends before you recall the first show for crown jewel it was they wanted yokozuna and the ultimate warrior both who had passed away many many years ago lead as part of that attitude era thing i guess the money was too good to pass up i'm not going to judge her for that necessarily i know some other people have online uh, you know it, it's a hell of a payday to go to saudi arabia for that for 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 one night's worth of work and a, and first class flight I, I just I, I have you been clamoring for a Lita match? No, I, no, I and, and the issue is never the first class flight there. It's the return flight that seems to be the <laughs> issue. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I don't know, but it's also one of those things where it's like the women's legends are the same legends they always bring back. They're not bringing anything. New. Does Lita still have? I mean, look, 
I wasn't the biggest Lita fan when she was at her peak because I know she did great stunts, but she right, wasn't... yeah, I, she wasn't a good promo. I never thought that she actually did great stories or anything. She was just always good. She was the... popular, and, and, and she was a super good worker. Like, 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 I mean, good worker understood how to do the spots part of it, but like there were other key character elements to her that were kind of missing for me. See, you liked her work more than I did. That's probably the, the issue I'm having right now. Cause I thought it was like, she, she had her, she had her five moves and, and then that was about it for me personally. But yeah, I think that dyma- dynamics gonna be interesting. The build here. Uh, we'll, we'll see what they do with it. I mean, I, I just, I, I find Becky to be an atrocious heel. <laughs> I do. I just uh, she, I, I, she's too likable. If you watch, she's too, if you watch she's the too likable. Stuff, she doesn't know how to not be goofy in terms yes, of being a heel. She does the other thing. Like she, like she never knows how to not be goofy. And and I the best like when heels, she was the man, she was goofy. When she's big time Bex, she's kind of goofy. And like the and she's naturally goofy. In, she's, in this company, I've been people like Ivory. Have been yeah. people like Victoria, yeah. um, people who have like there's no humor to their stock. I mean, there might be you know one week or another, or whatever. But like their stock character is a hum- humorless, cold, no nonsense, yes. ex- yeah, thing. And like that, I mean, we can say that that's a trope or whatever. Maybe we need a more modern version of the heel. I grant all of that. I'm open to that discourse. In WWE's universe, though. They need heels that are of that cloth, and whenever yes, they get, you need a serious uh, heel rather than right. a. Uh, whenever you get to like goof heel, especially in the women's division, it never works. Yeah, she's coming off to me like female Miz, in this aspect. But yeah, no, I I, I get that feeling. Yeah, and and I don't want you to read about Raw. Please don't read about Raw. <laughs> uh, no, no, dude, I, I I was reading about Raw here. Uh, I, I was like, Jesus, I can't even make good jokes on this one. Like, it's it's. <laughs> I mean, the only thing I will say is that Veer has been coming for so long that I think he needs to go and see a doctor. (laughs) It's supposed to stop after about four hours. Yes, Peter North thinks that he's been coming for a long time. That's Yeah, that was fine. Bring a towel because Veer's coming again. (laughs) All all, all the jokes. I I, I mean, he's he's come so much he's now gone. I mean, that's has has he passed the glacier threshold yet? Though, yes, he's passed Emelina and Glacier at this point. Nice, nice. As as people who 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 were coming for a long time (laughs) time. and stopped coming for some reason. I need to stop using that terminology. Uh, What's next for you? If you have anything. like oh man um what's next for me i guess we can go to rampage because that's the only thing that we really yeah that was was what i was gonna end with i have two notes for that but please Um, go with yours okay uh i thought that bringing attention to mercedes martinez losing via disqualification was a very weird thing like it was weird that commentary chose to hang on that note uh, oh my God! There's never disqualifications in AEW. I don't know that that's a good thing. Like, like, like they they were saying that as a value positive thing, but like, I think especially for those of us who like just watched the MJF CM Punk match, that's like maybe the last match that's like in your mind, in your head, that probably should have ended in a disqualification. MJF should have been disqualified. So yeah. I, like, it was weird for them to. I mean, it's like a small continuity error, but it's one that stuck out to me. 
I will say this because uh, I was going to talk about the Mercedes thing too. I love the multifaceted aspect of that backstage promo afterwards with Tony. I, lo- I, I, I watched that and I went, this is a fantastic story. She knocks Thunder Rosa out with the pipe. We thought when she appeared during the TBS tournament that it was Jade who hired her or Mark Sterling, but it turns out that it was Britt Baker who who hired Mercedes Martinez because she doesn't trust the two heavies who are in her employ already to get the job done already, which is sowing doubt but, between but specifically, them. But it's, it's specifically, it's Hater. Hater. That, 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 that Baker's and, and Rebel is still, yeah, 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 I love Brunky. Yeah, 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 still yeah, funky. Total, but, but it's Hater who the Rift is now being. But but now you have you, you have a plethora of stories, if you want them, amongst amongst the bad guys, so to speak, while Thunder Rosa can be Clint Eastwood. And, and if you wanted to. But you have Jade, maybe not trusting Mercedes. You have Mercedes and Hater. You have Mercedes and DMD. You have Mercedes and Rebel. You have Jade and DMD. You have, because of what Mark Sterling did in terms of the check and stuff like that. I, I think this is this is the kind of storytelling I want for heels sometimes, and I, I kind of dig this quite a bit. I mean, I think what might happen is 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 Hater ends up signing with Rosa in order to take on the others, which is fine. You have that as an option. Um, you also have the option that eventually all the other baddies just turn on Mercedes here and that they, I mean, not, not a coexist angle, but at least a, a, okay. Mercedes is going to help get revenge on the people who punked her, but she doesn't like Rosa still. I mean, you have lots of ways you can go with this and they all interest me quite frankly, because I really like Mercedes Martinez a lot and, and a lot of the other players here. Yeah. I, I mean, Look, all the major players, I, I think very highly of Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker, um, Mercedes Martinez, um, and I think that you have enough strong players here to support um, Jamie Hader, who who maybe needs a little bit of work, but I think can be carried to a good match. Jade Cargill now making jokes about how green she is oh, in the gracious. ring. Oh, yeah, yeah, like like no, but like Jade, you're like actually stinky, like you're stinky bad. Uh, <laughs> like, 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 I I mean, you look like a million dollars, but like uh, your wrestling skills, I wouldn't pay a buck fifty for them. My other note was was just I loved the end of that Lethal Starks match. That was smooth. Boy, wasn't it? Like, like man, I, I I had that note too. Jay Lethal, um, especially considering it's like a rampage match and everything, like absolutely over delivered for the slot and yeah. that like finish. Him and Starks, just really great chemistry, really nice match, um, just really enjoyable. Uh, that that and the I, I know I'm down on NXT 2.0 GPA, but like uh, the Creed and Imperium match, it, this is a classic for what it was award. But for what it was, that was exactly what it needed to be. Uh, same thing with this Rampage match. This is not going to change your life. It's not meant to be like a Meltzer scale five star match or anything like that. Good, nice finish. Jay Lethal did a real nice job here. Dante Martin's spot was good. Yeah, I, I, I liked the uh, jumping to the outside. And there's no water in the pool spot. I thought that that was that was a great spot. That was, that was really he just good. Stands and stares at him. That was so great. Yeah, huh? so good. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll I'll end with one other thing. I did watch some classic wrestling this week from my youth, and it just did not hold up. I watched the 1988 Bunkhouse Stampede Finals. I'm going to talk to Joel Pearl on it, uh, about it over on Fightful Overbooked. 
There's a Bobby Eaton versus Nikita Koloff singles match. There's a Flair versus Hawk match. And there's a Larry Zabisco versus Barry Windham for the Western States Heritage title match. And all of them are snoozers. And it's so unfortunate. And then they have the Bunkhouse Stampede finals, which it sounds good at the time. We're going to have a Bunkhouse Stampede and we're going to put it in a cage. And the way to get them out, get, get people out of the match is to throw them through the door or over the top of the cage. And you're like, if you're 15, that sounds like a great idea. You watch it in practice. It's like, this has no logic to it whatsoever. It was terrible. It was the show that they put on. They were putting on pay-per-view and the first Royal rumble was counter programming for it on USA as a free show on USA. So for historical context, talking about the Royal rumble, I'm going to go on there and talk about this show. It was dreadful. Avoid it. Go watch a bunkhouse stampede. That's real. That, 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 you know, if you can find it like on a TV, like there's a worldwide with one on it, but don't, don't watch this one. This thing was dreadful and I will end the lazy river of wrestling criticism there. This has been Shake Them Ropes. You can follow me at Crap Game 13. You can follow Chris at DWATG. You can just follow the show at Shake Them Ropes, all one word. We are part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Please listen to all our podcasts. The Flagship with Joe and Rich. There's no feud there with Rams fans at all. Uh, it, the, the, no, the, the Rams fans would need to be able to listen to a podcast that's 60 <laughs> minutes and their attention span only goes about 10 seconds. Also, I use pretty big words on a regular basis. Rams fans, they like they like the small <laughs> words. They like six letters. Like Wordle, Wordle's the best thing that's ever happened for Rams fans <laughs> because their vocabulary only goes up to five and they can now count all the words on their fingers. He thought so of Chris Nova and Bruno do not reflect the, the thoughts of this show, but he has a show where he can express his opinions. It's called Don't Worry About the Government. He's going to about one. it now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, this one's my forum, Rams fans. You guys suck. <laughs> um, So real quickly here, uh, Rams fans, you don't have to listen to this. It's going to go right over your head. But but real quickly here, I, I just want to say, Hawkins, uh, over the last week, I have read a number of stupid comments when it comes to cold weather. Many of them probably written by Rams fans, morons. Um, but I, I just want to say this to all of you. If you don't live in Texas and, and you want to make your little stinky dink jokes about, oh, two inches of snow in Texas shuts down the whole day. Ugh. Yeah, no, I get it. A lot of my fellow state people don't know how to drive or they're idiots and they think they're truck because they saw like a Montero commercial back in 92 is like going to handle the cold weather. and that Like a rock. Yeah, yeah. They, they, <laughs> they put on a Bob Seger mixtape and they think that they could drive in the ice. No, I get that that's a problem. They're dopes. But you also have to remember, your Rams fan acting people, uh, that – the, the infrastructure in the state is not weatherized for the cold weather. So the pipes, the electrical like cables and stuff, lots of different things can fail. So don't be a jerk. Don't be like a stupid fan of the, the, the Rams are in Los Angeles, right? Do, yes. do Rams fans even know? Um, you know, they, they just go down to a warehouse and they think they're watching a football game every Sunday. It's great. It's, it's a wonderful thing for a Rams fan. Uh, any, anyways, uh, point being, don't make light of people who have been going through these freezes. Uh, when they, ha when they happen out here in Texas, we do legitimately get scared. Um, as for don't worry about the government, you can find that at don'tworry.tv at patreon.com slash DWATG on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Um, I also did an appearance on Matt Lewis's show. 
uh, Matt Lewis in the news. Uh, I taped that like literally earlier today. I think that will be out Monday or something. I'm talking about Ukraine and uh, foreign policy risks. Uh, the new don't worry about the government's on Ukraine too. May have one more pass on it, and then I'll move on to some new topic here next week. Ukraine, I crane. We that, crane. That was actually the name of the episode, Hawkins. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah, you, you, we all crane. Damn it. See you next week. <laughs>